Welcome back, y'all. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of R&B Podcast. We is back in the hitties. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing today? I hope everyone's had a great week. Yes, these last couple of weeks have been insane. So Robert's life is a roller coaster right now. <laughs> I got some things to catch y'all up on because I know uh, I ended off last ones last week with like super suspicious, super mysterious about like, oh, suspicious. what is he going to be doing? I'm like, I'm drug dealing now. <laughs> but no, no, no. Okay, so. What's happening with me in terms of like my, my job and shit? So I had the full time job, leasing consult, and everything was going great. So what's happening now? I put in my two weeks. <laughs> so the opportunity that was presented to me was actually by my friend Raf. We shouted Raf out before. He's one of the. I think dedicated... you mentioned him last week too. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the dedicated listeners of R and B podcast, and also oh one God, of my friends, obviously. <laughs> but um, he presented me with an opportunity to sell solar panels and I know you guys are probably thinking like the fuck sell solar panels but it's one of those things that is high risk high reward and we live in Florida and it's just it's I mean something that everyone's converting to these days so mm-hmm. it's a very lucrative business right now yeah and I think that like people probably don't get it but at Okay, so he offered me the position, but the person that he walk, he works under, he is the top seller for the company. So right now he's trying to form a team, and the people who are on his team make the highest commission. So what we're selling, like the amount that we're getting for our sales is a lot higher than everybody else yeah. in Orlando. So that's one of those things that it was a huge opportunity, but I was stuck in the rock or hard place of like, do I want to be in a stable job that has 401k vacation time? Like, it's a big boy job. Yeah. Yeah. So do I want to do that, or do I want to take this huge risk, but possibly make a lot of money? Risk it for the biscuit, baby. So we risked it for the biscuit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I put in my two weeks. uh, That whole thing, I thought it was going to be really, like, scary, really, like... I was calling Brittany and fucking freaking out, like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I I don't know. I just thought it was going to turn out the way that... He was, like imagining it to be like the worst case scenario and it ended up being like basically the best case possible and what I was trying to tell him was that like I get really stressed out sometimes and what I've learned over time is that the situation that I'm in is never worse than what's in my head, what mm-hmm. I imagine it to be. So every time I, I know something is coming up and I think about what it's going to be like, it's always worse in my head than what it is in real life. So there's really no reason for me to stress out about it. Yeah, so the the night before I couldn't fucking sleep I was Which is, like, to... so unlike Robert. Yeah, so I, 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 like, couldn't sleep. I went into work. I got to work at 8.30. I didn't even fucking think about doing it till like, 10.30. I felt like I was going to shit myself the whole entire time. I, I went I went to her office, and I'm like, hey, I just want to talk to you, like, you know. And literally, I'm pretty sure immediately she already knew oh, what I was yeah. doing. So You can tell the vibe. Yeah, so then, long story short, I told her, hey, I'm getting into solar. She was like, you know, I'm super appreciative that you came in, that you gave me your two weeks the right way. She's like, I'm super happy for you. It's a great opportunity. If I were you, I would also take the opportunity. You're going to be making more money than you are here. She's Which like, is the point of a job. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, just always know that you can you can come back. The door is always open. And that was my biggest thing is that I don't want to burn a bridge. Mm-hmm. So now getting onto the fucking solar, this is where the stories fucking come in. <laughs> I did my first ride along, me and Raph. And the first house that we go into, white guy named Richard, he's like older, has like army flags, like like the US flag like one of those guys so we walk in and there's uh, the house is kind of dirty but whatever shit, shit like that happens and there's a gate and then behind the gate there's dogs and if y'all know me and Brittany we see some doggies we're like oh dodgy <laughs> yeah so I was super excited to see the dogs so I'm like oh you have dogs that's so cool He, the first thing he says is they're not friendly I'm like okay <laughs> you go up to the material arm off 
<laughs> yeah, he's like, they're not friendly. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, um, last Sunday, we had some black people. Should I break it to our house? <laughs> Looks me dead in the face and says that shit. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That, that, that like, really sucks. He's like, yeah, they must have been, like, scoping out my house. And when I think that they waited for us to go to church and then broke in. And I'm like, damn, that really like sucks. Hopefully, me and Raf can like get you a great deal and like you know turn over, turn around your your week. So by the end of the conversation, it was like fine, and we were like cool. But it was one of those things where he made you feel like uncomfortable. Yeah, I've never had something so direct. You know, yeah. like he was doing that to see how my reaction was, and uh-huh. that and like I'm just thinking to myself, white people are really fucking crazy. <laughs> so then the next house that we go to, oh we didn't we didn't so we didn't sell that one. The next house that we go to is a guy named uh, Jared, also white. We're in Stanford. We're walking. We're like driving into the neighborhood. Trump signs in every single lawn. Yes, bitch, it's Florida. Yeah, in every single lawn there was Trump signs. We like go into the house. Super fucking chill guy. He's like a contractor, so he did all the work in his house. Beautiful fucking house. We're like shooting the shit, talking about like Jim Bean. He's a fucking. He's like eighty. He DJs at like little fucking elder clubs. Like, oh my god, that's so. <laughs> so cute. we're talking about like how we like to drink and how he like does how he has three three dollar drinks and shit. He's like I party. Yeah, has and his uh his wife comes into the room and she's like, oh things are getting rowdy in here. What are you guys doing? Da-da-da. And then like we're like joking and shit. She stops the conversation and she's like. Hey, just so you guys know, we won't be moving forward with you guys unless you guys are voting for Trump. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, what? White people be wild, man. So I'm thinking to myself. How are you just going to say that to someone? How are you going to say that? And I'm like, so my answer was, oh, I need to do more research on both of the candidates. You know, I'm not really sure which way I'm leaning towards. Damn well knowing I'm fucking lying. I'm not going goddamn Trump. But um, obviously, you don't want to, like turn somebody off or go against them while you're trying to fucking get money exactly, from them. Exactly, like yeah. this doesn't need to turn into like a political conversation which is like fucked up that she even brought that up. Like, Not only girl. were you like trying to casually do it, like you literally were like, hey, let's stop having fun and talk about politics. Like, who the fuck does that shit? And then she then she goes on to say that like, oh, well, Bernie has had two brain surgeries and he's old, he's getting ready to die so you shouldn't vote for him. Girl, she's, Trump is on his deathbed right now too. Stop. <laughs> she's like, if you have stocks or you want your taxes to stay the same, vote for Trump. All that bullshit. And once again, we didn't sell it because at that point, me and Raph were like over it so we were ready to go. The our very last house was a Spanish couple, super nice. Um, we were all speaking in English at first, and then they started like talking shit in Spanish, and Raf understood them. Oh, did they not realize that Raf is no? Because Raf Raf wasn't wasn't speaking Spanish. Yeah, but he looks Spanish. He was. They weren't like talking shit, but they were just having a conversation in Spanish. So then they- Raf answered in Spanish. <gasps> Ooh! So then, uh, like the rest of that conversation w- was back and forth in Spanish. I would not have um, let Said them anything. know that I speak Spanish because I want to hear your like real yeah, opinion. Yeah, I know. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think I, Raf did it because people like it's one of those things I like black people like black people. Spanish people like Spanish people They're who speak trusting, Spanish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. at the end of that, we ended up making the sale. Uh, he made good money and it showed me how the business was. So I'm excited to get going by myself. But it was definitely a crazy week. Crazy like life decisions were made. But at the same time, I think it all worked out for the best. But what about you, Brittany? What was your, what was your week looking like? I mean, my week, you know, is always kind of boring. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I, I never remember, like, what happens in my week. I swear to God. like I guess because so much, like, off-the-wall shit happens to me that I'm like, it sticks in my head, you yeah, know? Yeah, the one thing that did stick... Oh, I went to a, a dog birthday party yesterday, and I was like, this is, like, a little bit TMI, but I don't, actually don't give a fuck. So, <laughs> um, I was, like, driving there. I'm like, am I getting cramps right now? Like, I just finished my period. 
two weeks ago not even two weeks 10 days ago and i'm like what is this and then i go to the park and of course i get my period and i'm like what the, my period for the second time this month and i was like well at least i'm not pregnant <laughs> and then, there's always that yeah and then i like told my mom and her boyfriend and they're like oh you're stressed out that's why i'm like i'm not stressed out like i actually feel really good like i'm not stressed at all they're like no i think you're stressed out you just like don't realize <laughs> and i told my sister that they said that and she's like i think that your baseline is stressed out so like you're just always stressed and you can't even tell if you are or not anymore i'm like you know what i've actually thought about that before like yeah i think i'm just like i think sometimes when um (laughs) this is so so bad (laughs) when my life gets like settled and nothing's really going on like i look for trouble (laughs) i can't really i know (laughs) but like not even in a conscious way i'm just like damn i'm bored (laughs) yeah you and alicia are like that Y'all are some bored ass bitches. I know. Like, if the second things come out, I'm like, let's spice it up a little bit. <laughs> and then you get into some shit and you're like, oh my God, my life is ending. Yes, I get into it and I'm like, oh my God, regret, regret, regret. But I, like, I think because of my Gemini, I love chaos a little bit. <laughs> Horrible quality. Not relate. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm like getting so close to, um, like, the end of school. I took my final exam for pharmacology today so i'm officially done with pharmacology i have my nursing five exam on thursday so fin about to be done and what, is, what, what are you gonna do are you gonna be a nurse <laughs> <laughs> Woo, we'll talk about it later <laughs> i guess another thing that i've been doing is like getting back into music um so for you guys who don't know i was in band for super long i did it through middle school and high school um, I was in like concert band. I was in like a county band where you had to like audition to be in it. I was in jazz band. I was in marching band. So I like music was like a big part of my life. And you know, ever since graduating high school, like they didn't have that program in my college. And so I haven't really like picked any instruments up. But I decided to like learn guitar and learn piano because that's something I've always wanted to do. And I found myself just like being complacent with like extra time that I would have. Like mm-hmm. I would be oh my gosh like our social dilemma i'll be scrolling through instagram like every second that i had nothing to do so it's like let me put my you know energy into something like useful so Mm. i started to learn guitar and piano and it's going okay my fingers are super weak so (laughs) yeah i i taught myself how to play uh guitar Guitar. so Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where i could like teach yourself but it's hard because when you're trying to like tell somebody else how to do something yeah it's very hard it's different and like i want to learn the proper way because the way that i learned how to so i play flute and saxophone the way that i learned how to play those was like like a classical traditional way Mm -hmm. and so i want to learn in that same way because i understand that that's an important foundation for me to have i don't Mm want to just like learn chords and stuff like that and not know like what they mean or like what notes are within that chord and stuff like that so the theory part of it like music theory part of it is so something that I've been like watching YouTube videos and stuff on um but yeah it feels honestly so good like I've been in such a good mood the last like I would say like week because like the few weeks before that I was getting kind of like a, just like a funk just like not feeling that great but then like I think from just like putting my energy into something that I know that I like I feel so much better and like creativity people like yeah do, do, like your creative juices are flowing. are flowing yeah. exactly and so that's been like a really great way for me to like express my extra built up energy that I have mm-hmm. um so yeah she's talented i'm just kidding (laughs) all right so this week guys i came up with a cool little topic that i thought would be interesting for robert and i to do so yesterday i mean not yesterday 
last week or the week before I was asking Robert, so, you know, where do you draw the line with certain things? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what is your breaking point? You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. with family, friends, relationships, your job, where is your breaking point? You know, what has to happen for you to decide that enough is enough? Mm -hmm. And so today, guys, we're going to break that shit down. Yeah. So when she first asked me that, I was very much like, I don't I don't know. But then if you like really think about it, you do know. Like you have to think about realistic situations that like if this happened, I would be absolutely fucking over it. I mean, I guess that like it doesn't have to be like an extreme thing, too, because I'm like, I think one of my one of those breaking point things kind of happened with the leasing job recently. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously, I was at the I was at the leasing job. There was a situation that happened where we were we were dealing with um, a tenant that was very upset about their rent and shit. And it was one of those things where they were like screaming on the phone. And whenever somebody's like screaming on the phone and like acting wild and shit, I put the phone down and I, or I'll put it on speaker. So the phone was on speaker. And the guy was just yelling about, you know, why are there these extra charges, blah, 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 just going through shit that I can't help even if I wanted to. So I was trying to explain to him why they were there, but it's not one of those things that, oh, like, I can just take it off for you, like, and click a button. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not how that works. So the guy's screaming and yelling. My assistant manager comes out of the office, and instead of doing what I think is the adult manager thing to do and being like hey can you transfer that call to me i'll deal with it she comes over and she tries to assist me by pushing mute on my phone telling me what to say and then unmuting and having me say that Mm -hmm. there's lots of problems that i have with that the issue is is that i'm still new to this field and whenever you're trying to explain to somebody who's really really upset like through somebody else you're saying something, but you don't know what it is that you're saying. You're not exactly. able to back it up. Yeah, so you're kind of playing like telephone. Exactly, mm-hmm. and she's standing right there. So my whole entire mindset is, is why, 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 why would you just not intervene and be like, hey, like let me just tell you, like it was one of those things that she didn't want to be confront- confrontational, but her excuse was, yeah. oh well, you have to like learn how to do this. You have to learn how to take calls like this, and it's like I can't change the price of anything. And you're not learning anything by repeating someone else's words. Yeah. So then that's that happened. The guy was pissed off. The phone got hung up. Or whatever. He hung up on y'all? Yeah. Mm. Cursed us out, hung up on us. Ooh. Yeah. So then the, the next day, he calls back. He's still doing like that same thing. Oh, at the end of the previous conversation, the conversation ended with, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to um, print out your ledger, which is a line by line that tells you your water is this, your rent is this, like your, your electric itemized. is this, your itemized, yeah. yes. And we'll highlight the charges that you're, the charges mm-hmm. that you're complaining about and we'll explain it to you through the email because us going back and forth wasn't going anywhere. Especially so, if he's heated because yeah. you're not hearing what they're saying at that point, mm-hmm, you know? Exactly. It's better to have like something in front of you where he can like interpret it the way he wants. Yeah. So then the issue is we get off the phone and she never, she never sent the email. Of course. So then he calls back the next day pissed off you didn't send me the email. You guys are always dodging me. It's real funny. If you guys wanted me to give you money, y'all be blowing my phone up. But now you just like, once again, still super, super, super pissed off. So this time she finally does take the call. He doesn't even want to talk to her. He wants to go to the property manager, the head person. Mm-hmm. So they're all in like a three, a three-way call. The situation gets resolved, whatever. I'm thinking that's it. That's that's the end of like this whole entire shitstorm. She calls me into her office after that phone call. And she's like, hey, um... I was listening back to the call, meaning that the call was recorded, and she was listening back to what I was saying on the call. She's like, I was listening back on, back to the call, and there was a point where you said that I was going to send him an email, and I was like, I almost said her name. I was like, hey, um, we'll say <laughs> Kathy. Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> I <was> nice like, <laughs> choice. <laughs> I was like, Kathy, 
there it was nothing that was said during this conversation that you didn't tell me to say. You were standing there the whole entire time. Yeah. She's like, no, there was a point where I walked away and you guys continued talking. And I was like, no, that's incorrect. She was like, all I know is that if you're saying that I said something, I would have done it. And she was like, I don't appreciate somebody saying saying that I'm going to, to like do something and then it doesn't get done. She's like, in my opinion, you lied. But she's probably like trying to place blame on you because she knew he was gonna go to like her manager, so she needed to figure out the situations to not like place blame on herself. Yeah, but I think I think it already happened because she was like she was like during that call I looked stupid Ooh. because he was because he said that you know we were, we were gonna send a, send an email and I never said that. So immediately what she was trying to do is come back to me and be like, oh, well, he lied on me and said that I was going to do that. And I never like it was it was bullshit. But my thing is that to me, that is one of my breaking points. Like if I'm at a workplace and I feel like the people above me, like don't trust me as a worker, like not only do you not trust me, you call me a blatantly a liar. Like to other people, that might be something that they can just brush off their shoulder. But I take that really offensively because mm-hmm. I might be a lot of things, but I'm, I'm not a liar. Yeah, I have no reason to lie. And the fact is, is that. You were standing next to me telling me what to say during that conversation. Mm-hmm. So the fact you're like, that I know for a fact. For a fact. Those weren't even my words. Yeah. So you're listening back to the conversation, but you're listening to what I was saying to him that you told me to she say. She forgot. She forgot what happened in the conversation is what it is. Either way, I was just like, I didn't, first of all, I did not admit to lying. I was like, you know, this, I, I can admit that this might be a, mis- a miscommunication because there was just so many moving parts going on, but that definitely turned me off to that position because to work under somebody who's going to sit there and say I'm a liar like that to me that's super disrespectful and I can't I won't feel comfortable in a place like that so let's say that this um, opportunity to work with Raph never came about would you consider leaving the job because of the situation that just happened that's really hard I mean that's really hard I mean obviously I wouldn't just quit without having something lined up Mm -hmm. but I mean but would would it make you go to seek a, a new job it would definitely make me like reconsider my like because I was very happy there, mm-hmm. you know. So because towards the end of once I took put in that two weeks or whatever, my manager asked me, "Is there anything that we could have done better?" Blah blah blah. And I told her, I told her exactly what happened, and she's mm-hmm. like, "I'm so sorry that that happened to you." I was like, "I just don't understand why the blame was supposed to play, was like put on me." And she's like, "There was no, there wasn't supposed to be any blame on anyone." So mm-hmm. I don't know why she even approached you it like that. It was supposed that. to be like a team effort. Exactly. Yeah. It was, well, she was like, to me, it was like the conversation was over and it was done with. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she like called you in the office and like did that, and now lately she hasn't even like talking to me, which is fine. I don't give a shit. Like you don't have to talk to me. Especially but, since you're not going to be there, it's yeah, like fine. I like, give no shits. But it's just one of those things that like. Say like just just like you said, if Raph didn't give me give me the, give me this position, then how am I supposed to just feel comfortable in my workplace? I think that's the that's the other breaking point. If I don't feel comfortable where I work, I don't feel comfortable with the people I work with. I don't feel comfortable in the environment. I'm not gonna be happy. Yeah, and I feel like that's similarly my breaking point within like a job, any type of job, is the second that I feel like I'm not happy with the people that I'm working with, or I start dreading going to work, I'm out because. I've been at the my current job right now for f- f- almost four and a half years. Wait, hold on. Damn, that's a long <laughs> ass time. <laughs> no, hold on. Wait, four years? Four? I don't know. Four years. Something. Let's let's say four years, right? And it's the longest I've ever been at a job. And my previous job to this, I was at for like two or three years, and I absolutely fucking hated it. I dreaded going to work. I mean, do you care saying what what it was? I no, it was my it was my first real job. 
and um, I worked at Publix as a cashier. Oh, that's the asked, happiest place ever. It's a pleasure shopping at Publix. <laughs> have you ever seen that meme where it's like, um, it's like a guy holding a gun behind uh, a guy's back, but they're like, they they were like uh, stuffed animals or something like that, and it was like smile. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. <laughs> and, you know they're forcing you, and I'm like that's exactly what it was. I fucking hated that job. I barely got paid anything, and the hours were absolutely fucking ridiculous. Bitch, I'd be at work for ten hours, mm. ten hours standing as a cashier and I got to the point where I hated it so bad that when I was like doing carts like they make you do carts for 30 minutes we have to like go outside and fucking fetch the carts and bring them back in I would go sit in my car (laughs) 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 I would sit in the car I would take bathroom breaks sit on the floor in the bathroom like in the in the family rush I would sit on the floor because I'm just like I hate this fucking job so bad and I'm not that kind of worker but I just got to the point where I'm like I abs- I despise all of you yeah. and I because I hated my managers I felt, like, I felt like they were all hateful and just stupid like I hate when I feel like I'm working under someone who's dumber than me yeah somebody who doesn't, who doesn't is, know how to do the job that's yes! that's hard it's just because it's one of those things where like you're going you're like asking them questions that they should know the answer to and they're like uh and I'm like what you mean uh like or I have a better way of doing something yeah. or their reasoning for why I'm doing something doesn't make any sense I fucking hate that. So I like hated that job and the job that I'm at now, I'm so happy at this job. Like I don't ever dread going to work ever in four years. I don't ever dread going to work. And I was thinking about why. And I realized it was like a, like a a factor of a few things is that I love the people I work with. Like I absolutely love them. Like they're my honest friends and we have such a good time at work and I have autonomy within my work, meaning that I you know, no one's telling me how to do my job. I'm doing it the way that I think is right. And I don't have anyone micromanaging me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Huge, yeah. Like, I need to have space. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't have someone breathing over my shoulder. Um, and so that's why I'm happy at my job. And I I would leave this job in a heartbeat if I started to feel like I didn't want to be there. And I, and, you know, part of the issue that I have with, nursing is that I feel like I might dread going to work and to me that's just not worth it because that's sacrificing my sanity is what I see it as Mm -hmm. because you know obviously we need a job you know you need money in order to survive but I also need to feel happy doing what I'm doing and you know maybe I will feel happy but if I dread going to clinicals I think I might dread going to the hospital but I mean who knows depending on where I am, what I'm, you know, what department I'm working in, I might feel differently about it, but that's definitely a breaking point that I will absolutely leave, and I'll figure something else out, is if I start dreading going to work, and I think that's something that not a lot of people talk about being okay. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like most people... not I don't even generalize to say most people, but I know a lot of people who dread going to work, and to me, that's just not worth it. There's so many other places that you could figure out to work, you know? Why would you dread such a massive part of your life? It's not, you know, having a job, having a part-time job, a full-time job is whatever. It's a large part of your time. So you need to enjoy what you're doing. And to me, it's just not worth it to be miserable. Yeah, I was actually at uh, dinner last night with uh, one of my friends, and his name is Dylan. And me and Dylan were going back and forth about, like, you know, work and jobs and shit like that. And we were talking talking about it because I was asking him he's a firefighter I was like so I was like do you still hate it and he was saying that like he dislikes it but he's it, it's supporting him and then he was also mm-hmm. like we were going back and forth in terms of like what do we need a job to be and he just he came up with some really good points he's like 
I think that like our society has like brainwashed us to think that like 24, 25, 27, your 20s in general means that you're like old. Like you should have it all figured out by then. He's like, you can go back in your 30s, get a four-year degree and go and get a job. Bitch, half the people that I'm going to nursing school with have grandkids. Yeah, so he's like, he's like, there is no time frame as to like when you have to have it all figured out. But he's like, it, it sucks because all of us get trapped in like because he right now to him he feels like he's trapped because he's in a career and it's stable but he's like I want to like try this I want to try that like, like one take, thing take a risk yeah the one thing that I've realized is that with trying like leasing going over and trying solar now like you find certain things that you like that you didn't know that you liked mm-hmm. so you wouldn't know you've liked it unless you've given it a try yeah so and it, that's that's also the hard part though is yeah. that to give something a try is to commit. And do we want to commit? But I think that the way that we're looking at it, like, because to him, he's like, yeah, you're committing, but guess what? If you don't like it, fucking quit. For some reason, we're so big on, like, not quitting. We're like, we're going to stick it out. Like, this is just a tough time, blah, blah, blah. But you don't have to stick it out. You're in your 20s. Like, if you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. Yeah, this is literally the time where you should be like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to find a new job because people are looking to hire in our age group. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, it might be like, a little bit hard and everybody might not have that flexibility but at the same time we have a lot more flexibility than we think yeah I think we sometimes we put ourselves into like we back ourselves into a corner feeling like well I need to have like this figured out that figured out I need to have this amount of money in my bank account and you know we get stuck comparing ourselves to what other people in our lives are doing so oh my best friend has been at their job for five years Mm -hmm. like my parents have been at their job for 20 years like where am I gonna feel like settled down and whatever and I mean I think we're we're all guilty of that yeah for sure you know like I I'm so comfortable at my job right now I would very much like to not quit because even if I become a nurse I'm like not quitting like I'm gonna work part time. <laughs> it's just difficult because, on one hand, I understand that yes, we're young. Even though I feel old, <laughs> I'm still young. I still have all this time. But I just feel so, I don't know, like like burnt out with the idea of like switching something. Um, I think that maybe it's just me recently because I've been going through all this. I've just been finding the enjoyment and the unknown. Okay. Because before, I always wanted to be like, I wanted to have it figured out. I wanted like to go stability. to nursing school. I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to be a travel. Like, But just, I'm finding the enjoyment and like, oh, I try leasing and I do enjoy the part where I'm like talking to somebody and like we're looking at the apartment and we're trying to like picture where their bed's going to go and shit like that. To me, that was cool. Now I'm in like this solar panel thing and I'm go- literally going into people's house. I'm seeing them in their most vulnerable, comfortable position and we're having conversations that are more than just solar panels. You know, like whenever you're sitting down to have talks with these people, it obviously encompasses a lot of shit. Like there's not, it's not one of those things where it's going to be the same for each house. Yeah. I'm going to so, have the same conversation, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm finding enjoyment and like, oh, well, me and Richard, he fucking DJs at old clubs, you know, like... Yeah, so I guess you're you're having fun going with the flow, which is very unlike you. Very unlike Which me. is nice, because yeah. you know what that means is like, you know, you, there's growth within yourself. Um, but it's, it's funny, because as I'm listening to you say this stuff, it sounds like dating. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you have you're to... You're dating jobs, pretty you much, You have yeah. to date people in order to figure out what you like and dislike within partners, mm-hmm. because otherwise, you have no idea. You may think you know, but once it's, like actually in your life presently happening you don't know mm-hmm. and so yeah i guess what you're doing is like you're dating the job market <laughs> yeah exactly and i think that we should all like normalize that like you just just because you went to school for something first of all 
try to find out, like, figure that shit out before you do that and waste so much money. Because it's just, there's just too many times where you, that's a whole other conversation. But once you, once you try to, like, figure something the fuck out and be like, I'm going to stay here, make sure that that's what you actually want to do. Like, make sure that you've gone out and experienced different things because there's just so much shit that I didn't know that I would have had an interest in until I tried it. And now I'm trying it and I'm like, Man, I'm interested in this. I'm interested in that. Like it, it shows you that there's so many more doors open. Because mm-hmm. I think our our issue is is that we feel like there's no doors. We mm-hmm. feel like we're like we're stuck. Like we don't know what we're doing. But unless you put yourself out there one thousand percent and say yes to opportunities, which is scary, you're not gonna be able to fucking. You about know. to sell some shampoo? Say yes to an opportunity. <laughs> 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 you tried it <laughs> so robert we we're just talking about dating in the job market so what is your breaking point within dating so for this one i feel like i actually have like a few i guess just because of the situations that i've like dealt with um the first one in the whole like dating phase is going to be the whole idea of the games like don't get me wrong i, I i'm down to like you know play a little checkers, a little chess, but at the same time, I don't want it this to be one of those. not just say checkers and chess. <laughs> I don't want it to be one of those things where, like, it's just one side. I think I've said this before. Yeah. But it's just, these days, there's so much of, like, if you're on Tinder, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, respond to him, and then I'm not going to answer back for a couple weeks. Like, oh, shit yeah. like that, to me, is, when it comes down to dating, is 100%, 1,000% no. Yeah, I know um, one of my friends was talking to this guy, and I just feel like this is, like, a big insecurity of his, but if she happened to miss his call and call him back right after, he would purposely miss her call. And that's, then, that's the petty shit I've yes, been talking about, yeah. I'm j- and then, you know, there's obviously that whole thing where they're like, oh, don't text back too quick. Like, you gotta yeah. wait, like, an hour, which I just but think then, is- But then people be like, oh, a day. Like, come on, no. man. Like, yeah. I won't shit. text back at that point. Yeah. Like, a day, bitch. I, I, okay, granted, like, there's some times where you forget about the conversation, mm-hmm. but that means you didn't want to talk to me that yeah. much, right? And so I'm not going to text you back. And then especially if that was a game that you played, you're going to wait a whole fucking day to text me back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's so much, that's so much more effort than so just texting more back. That's one of those things that like, if I'm trying to get to know you and like, I'm trying to start an engaging conversation, it has to be just that. It has to be engaging. We have to be going back and forth. You have to spark my interest. It has to yeah. make me want to ask you questions that I haven't asked anybody before. You have to make mm-hmm. me want to get to know you. And with you being like, oh, I'm just going to respond to you whenever I want. It's never going to give me the chance to even be interested yeah but you know there's also the flip side where if you are too open especially in the beginning they don't want you yeah for people sure. like the chase yeah and, and which is i get that too but at the same time i like the chase when it's in person like say it's somebody I like at work and we've been like flirting back and forth but it's not like one of those like you know serious things i like that that i'm more engaged with i guess because it's like more personal well i think that's when you don't have anything like established at all do you know what i'm saying i think after you get to that point where you're already talking and you're like hanging out and stuff you i've had people tell me like they have to keep the guys on their toes or they're not gonna like like them anymore and i've seen it people don't want you when you want them they only want you when you get over them yeah that's I've a, seen that, that too. That sounds like a poem. Yeah, but it's also to me that's that's also once again a stupid fucking like. I don't think it's anything conscious that people are doing. I think there's like psychology behind 
dating and that's part of it Mm -hmm. you want what you can't have yeah for sure which is fine it's just one of those things where i think it has to be like a balance don't take it too far exactly yeah Yeah, don't take it don't take it too far and i think that like of course girls like to be like chased and shit like that and like i said i'm down to jog after somebody but once (laughs) once you want me to start you know doing a full-on sprint then i'm gonna let you just go go ahead and sprint you know another like deal breaker for me within relationships is like lying i think trust in general yeah. yeah. When I was driving here, the term that I thought encompassed all of those traits is respect. Mm-hmm. Because if you respect someone, then you're not going to lie to them. Do you know what I mean? Like you're going to have enough respect to tell me the truth or to be honest or to text back in a timely fucking manner yeah. or make time for me. It's a respect for the person. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because if you don't have respect for them, then they're going to lie to you. They're going to do, they're going to cheat on you. They're going to like, you know do whatever and so i think like respect is like a massive part of dating relationships whatever you're in situationships entanglements mm-hmm. you got to have respect for that person yeah. so if you if i feel like you are doing something that's like disrespectful to me then like absolutely not like i'm not gonna sit here and chase after someone yeah. and like try to convince you to respect me you know there's so many relationships that i know of where i feel like they don't respect each other mm-hmm. like as people because like beyond a relationship like within that you you should have like a good foundation of a friendship you know what i mean and within a friendship you like you need respect and i'll see them out and about without their partner and then they want to act all wild and shit and then it's like oh my god but i love you i love my boyfriend i love my girlfriend and then yeah. like they when they have their partner around they're a completely different person mm-hmm. but like you know how disrespectful in my eyes it is that i see you out here fooling and then you act like a completely different person around them I'm like you have no respect for your girlfriend that or and it's like if you feel like you have to be a different person when you're around your your significant other then why the fuck are you with that person like if you have to mm-hmm. do a whole flip 180 like i see it so yeah like it, it's just like to me as a, as a guy if you're 1000 percent like you know i like to party i like to do fucking coke i like to like you know like just to me be to up be front yourself. with that shit yeah, yeah exactly because i mean i'm gonna find out eventually i think what it is is that when people are like at the beginning of their relationship they're more open with the person you know like oh i do this and i do that but you know once people start to get more serious they start to have different expectations of what you should and shouldn't be doing and so then they start to have an issue with how much you're going out because at first it was cute because we were going out together but it's like now that we're like in a relationship and we're kind of comfortable now you want a little bit of time to just hang out with the boys or hang out with the girls but now you're going out all the fucking time and like then they have like they're like oh i want you to stay home with me and hang out with me mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like your expectations shift because mm-hmm. i think people start to um feel a lot a lot more possessive once you're in a relationship because at the beginning it's kind of like okay well you're not my boyfriend or we're not too serious right now so you can kind of do what you want Mm -hmm. and then once you're a little bit deeper into it then they're like "Uh uh-uh who you going out with where are you going what are you doing love is giving somebody the freedom to be exactly who they are and accepting them even though you know exactly who they are Mm -hmm. that's what that is because once you once you're like hey i love you to me that means I want the best for you I want you to be the best at whatever it is that you want to to do I want you to have the best friendships I want you to go out there and get what it is that that you deserve and I don't want to be a, a robot to that you know and that's what it should be yeah I, I just I just think that a lot of um, relationships end up getting to a toxic place mm-hmm. 
you know with if you don't like analyze your feelings and like kind of watch yourself and just have like open communication and like be honest about your expectations and like what you want from them then it can it can get like mixed up yeah you know one of my mean? one of my friends going through it it's just they've been like back and forth they he just doesn't feel like she trusts him because she doesn't trust him and he didn't really give her a reason to so it's one of those things that what like me, he was fucking around no he, he wasn't that's what i'm saying to me oh. that's that's how that's a hard position to be in because mm-hmm. when you have somebody being like i don't trust you like asking him, he she's asked to see his phone asking oh, me like no. what are you doing see his messages shit like that bitch when, without trust you have nothing yeah and my thing is that like when you're doing that and i haven't given you a reason to do that it squanders like everything else doesn't. So now he like he's wanting like a break. Oh, and, see know, the like, relationship's over at that point because like when you take breaks, bitch, you're breaking up. Like yeah, yeah. But it's I, just it's just like prolonging the inevitable. And it's like it's hard because I mean she's a she's a young person and it's like she has to like do her own growth and I think that he has done a lot of growth on his own. So it's one of those things where they're just in different time periods and it's not they're not ma- matching up. They're, yeah, they're not the on maturity. the same page. Yeah. yeah, so I know of this couple. Um, they're engaged now, but the guy um, cheated on the girl and she's Hispanic and like got super... You know how Hispanic ladies like get real, real crazy about mm. things? She like dumped all his shit out on the yard, like went crazy, broke up with him, all that shit. And then they got back together and now they're engaged. But... She's absolutely fucking insane. Like, it's one of those things where, like, she doesn't trust him and she, he has to do everything in his power to convince to prove, her. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, I won't go out if you're not there type of type mm-hmm. of thing. You know, like, I can't I can't be alone with other people if you're not there because, like, she doesn't trust his actions. And it got to the point where one time he was out with, um, with his um, boys or whatever, they had just played golf and they were like at this restaurant to have dinner and these girls came up to them to try and like flirt with them and like they kind of seemed like they were like escorts, but you know, whatever. They're trying (laughs) to flirt with them and like one of the girls ended up stealing his phone. Stole his phone, so obviously he couldn't like contact his girlfriend, and (laughs) so they're looking for his phone, can't find it, and then she has his location and she knows that he's not responding to her picking up her calls so she She drives (laughs) to the restaurant and starts yelling at him because she sees the girl sitting with them and she's like oh you're trying to fucking cheat on me again like blah 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 made a huge scene to where they had to leave the restaurant did he get a phone back from the girl the next day yeah because like of course the girl realized that like okay well he's not fucking around this bitch so if they she had the location to his phone so she, they drove to the escort's house, whatever, and like banged on her door and got his phone back. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, yeah. how are you guys okay after that? Like, that's so toxic mm-hmm. that like he's not responding to your texts or calls, so you automatically think he's cheating. So you show up where he's at. I've heard of that before too. Oh my god! Yeah, I just don't want. I don't want love with stipulations. That's what ah, it is. Bitch, I'm saying. But anyways, I think we hit that one. <laughs> <laughs> we could go on for days about relationships. So I guess we'll go ahead and we'll move on to friendships. What is our breaking point when it comes down to those? So it's this is a difficult one for me because I've learned that I can be quite a forgiving person. And it's not it's not even a quality that I realized I had um up until probably the last like a year or two. I can be extremely forgiving. Like 
I can have a blowout fight with someone and not talk to them for months and then we start being friends again. Mm-hmm. I, I've literally had that happen so many times and I'm trying to think like what would be like a real breaking point for I guess like betrayal because you know what I talked about this person the girl with BPD that I was friends with her in our a couple of episodes ago BPD yeah borderline personality disorder Um, and she betrayed me and I, I definitely think that that's my breaking point because it goes back down to respect you didn't respect me enough as a friend as a person um in order to have my back you chose someone else over me and that's something that's unforgivable to me because at that point then i can't trust you like i can't believe that your intentions are are pure when you've crossed me Mm -hmm. and so that's definitely a situation where i i don't think we're ever going to be friends again and, and you know that might be because we also weren't friends for that long so it's like I don't really have anything like encouraging me to like continue the friendship you know it's like one thing when there's like okay you've been friends for 10 years and then like they betray you and then maybe in a couple of years after a few conversations I could be friends with you again in a different way but we were only friends for like 6 months and then she betrayed me. I'm like, okay, bitch, well, you're obviously crazy and I can't trust you and you don't respect me. So absolutely get the fuck out of my face. And I, <laughs> it's weird because I saw her downtown like, um, I saw her downtown like two years ago and it was the most awkward fucking shit because she had apologized to me beforehand and I was just kind of like, okay, well, thanks for your apology. Keep it moving. <laughs> and then we saw each other downtown and she was like, awkward but she she said hi to me like she went up to me gave me a hug but she was awkward energy and like i could see that she really did like miss me but i was like mm, no like it's already over it's already over yeah i already don't feel it yeah for me i think it's hard too because I'm, it's so funny because people hear me on the podcast and shit like that and they're like oh i think he's dope he'd be like great to be friends with i don't think i'm an easy person to be friends with not in terms of like once we're friends. I'm not an easy person. I think that like you're just getting easy. to the point. You're not to be easy friends. to get to know. Yes, mm-hmm. I did, and it's one of those things that I'm like, I don't know if I want to get better at it. It's I'm trying to change my mindset recently because the whole like I don't need new friends, blah blah blah. But it's not even that I'm thinking that. I just I don't. I never feel the urge to make a new friend. You know, but you used to. I used to. You used to. But that was back when, like, I was just. Because I remember you would always be like, every couple of months, I have a new group of friends. Yeah. Like you switch your friends group completely, and yeah. you would always tell me that, and I would always see it happen. But you haven't done that in a while. And I think it's because I found a group of a group of people that I genuinely want to be around. Because I wasn't switching groups because it was one of those things. That I'm like, yeah, let's just do it. Like I want to meet new people. Like I was doing it happen? because I felt like the people that I was around were she. Oh, okay. So if I start like subconsciously or, or even consciously feeling that the people around me are shitty, I'll feel that need to want to go and meet somebody new. Yeah. So now that I've been so comfortable with the friend group that I had, I haven't felt that. So I think that people will see like me talk to you or like me talk to Josh or me talk to Raph and be like, oh, he's so open. He's so friendly. He's so mm-hmm. like down to hang out with. And then they, they, they come up and talk to me and I'm like, why are you talking to me? Yes. Like <laughs> your demeanor completely changes. It 1000% changes. And I'm like, I'm like that too though. Yeah. Cause yeah. you know me, like every time people see us together, like when we're in nursing school or when we're around your group of friends, I'm super talkative. I'm like having fun, jumping around. The second that you left, quiet. <laughs> I don't talk to anybody. I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. Like shy. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking weird, dude. And I'm like, 
but in terms of like breaking points for friends, I definitely think I know what that is. So I really, really, really believe in the whole you are who you hang out with. So if I'm like hanging out with people and they're doing things that are 1000% against who I think I am as a person, I will not like not even consciously just start distancing myself from that just because I'm not judgmental, but I am judgmental to my friends. Which you should well not. I don't think <laughs> you should be judgmental, but you should you should have standards. Yeah, you know. So I, I definitely hold my friends to like a certain standard, just because, like I said, it, it takes me a while to even become friends with somebody. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the times, if I'm going to be friends with you, it's because it's, it'll probably be because nobody else is talking to you, or because you're giving off like the loner vibe. Those are the people that I, I'll like gravitate towards. Really? Yeah. Is it oh, okay? Because I don't really gravitate towards people who are like. Like whatever you might say, like popular and like in the in the oh, center of attention. Okay, me I'm too. Not... It kind of makes me feel awkward, like to be around them yeah. when people are like too popular. Do you know what I'm saying? Lately, I've been. I feel like I'm getting more extroverted a little bit. I'm like, what? Yeah. Because I've noticed myself being more comfortable with just like my my personality. Because I know I'm a lot. And I think the reason why I'm so quiet when my friends aren't around is because I'm like, y'all cannot handle me. I'm crazy. Do you know what I mean? And so I'll just like kind of like c- like cocoon myself and like just be, you know, quiet and just not myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but lately I've been like trying to, I've been like the first person to say hello and stuff like that. That's good. Yeah. And just like having open conversation and just kind of saying whatever is on my mind. Because um, I think before I was too, I was very cautious about what I would do or what I would say because I just didn't. Every time someone meets me, they always they would always have like the wrong impression of me, and so I I started to become very conscious of that, and so I think now I'm just like getting back to the point where I'm just like I don't care because mm-hmm. like people see me and they're like I'm so crazy I'm so loud I'm so out there whatever but I'm like I'm not doing this for you I'm doing this for me yeah like I think I'm a funny ass bitch and so I'm, I'm gonna say what I'm thinking. <laughs> I guess for this one, I won't, I won't really give a breaking point. This one, I'll give, like, what I appreciate in a friendship. So, one like, one of the main things I appreciate is when the person knows me enough to know that, like, when I need my space, I'm just, like, doing my own thing. I'm not doing it as, like, a way to attack you. So, I feel like anybody who's my friend has to know that, like, there's going to be certain days where I'm not going to want to text. I'm not going to want to call. I'm not going to want to go out. You're going to invite me out. I'm not going to want to go. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's not, it has nothing to do with you. It's me wanting to have my own space. You but need to be your, an introvert today. <laughs> it's hard for me to find people who I can like, because there's, there's just times where you want to hang out with somebody. There's just times when you want to go out with them. You want to have a drink. You want to have a good time. And you're super excited about it. You ask them. And when they tell you no, you're like, damn. Like, it's sad. I really wanted to go out and have a good time. But it's yeah. like, they're not doing it to spite you, but a lot of the times people will take it as like, damn, like why don't they want to hang out with me? I think it's sometimes not that, you just like need a mental break. Yeah, it's not that I, it's not that I don't want to hang out with you. It's that I don't want to hang out with anyone. Yeah, I, and I get that way too. Like every time people invite me to go out after work, like oh let's go have a drink, like after work at Patty's, I'm just like, uh. <laughs> first of all. I'm always trying to go to bed. Okay, my ass is sleepy. Ass. So you asking me to go out at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, I'm like, bitch, I am asleep, <laughs> first of all. And then just because, like, I'm a server, I'm a, I'm 71% introverted, 
And that was from that personality test that we did. 71% introverted. <laughs> so for my ass to go out and have a job where I literally am forced to talk to people for like seven hours, I am emotionally drained. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I for mean? Sure. Like. I love the nighttime, you know what I mean? And I love nighttime by myself. I love to go home, have a glass of wine, watch my show, watch YouTube, whatever, but like by myself, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I need to recharge or else like I'm going to die tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. So in terms of like uh, breaking points, though, it should probably still be the same thing of like respect and things like that. But the main thing is that just know me enough to know that if I'm doing something, it's for me, not mm-hmm. because I'm trying not to do something for you, you know? Yeah. Okay, Robert. Okay, okay, okay. So our last category that we wanted to touch on was what's our breaking point when it comes to family? And I think that I know mine because it's happening right now and it's been happening my whole life. So like my dad and that entire side of my family has not been there my entire life. Like I haven't actually spoken to my dad since I was like 12 or 13 like have not spoken at all and like I don't speak to my cousins my aunt tries to talk to me and my sister here and there and she's tried to have a relationship with us um and like my grandmother will call on like holidays but I'm just like what's the point like we don't need to do this like I'm 26 you guys haven't been here my whole life like we can keep it this way do you know what I mean like I see family as more than just blood like I'm not gonna accept you to be in my life just because we are blood I have friends who I see as family you know your friends are your family don't ever get that twisted you know what I mean thinking that like I know people always say like blood is thicker than water and I'm like is it is it because I'm like I have people who have been here in my life supporting me helping me through the roughest times people who I know will have my back and then I also have like my family who doesn't ever talk to me doesn't ever make an effort has no idea what's going on in my life and that's definitely my breaking point because like I said I can be very forgiving like you can you can wrong me and I can forgive you for it do you know what I mean but for you to have been absent in my life when I needed you breaking point like I have no interest in having like a relationship with them kind of I want to say at all but I don't want to be like definite like never say never type shit but like there's nothing inside of me that's saying that's saying to reach out to them at all or like have a conversation about anything or figure out why things are this way like I'm like girl I'm good yeah I don't know family's tough man because it's one of those things where it's a very intricate thing because it's obviously the people that you, like, grew up with and the people that, like, do know you better than you know yourself at times. But I think the older I get, the more I realize that, like, people branch off. People start, like, you know, starting their own families. They start moving to their own states. They start just living their own life. And it becomes a lot harder to, like, stay as connected or as in contact as you were before. I think that the perfect example I can relate it to is that the like friends that you have in high school like you guys are like very close in proximity so because you were close in proximity it's very easy to um enrich and nurture Mm -hmm. those relationships Mm -hmm. but i think it's the same thing with like family like if you have you grew up with like your brothers and sisters and shit like that you guys are all under the same house it's very natural to have that connection just because you guys are always near each other you guys are always talking to each other you guys are in the same house so the older you get and people start like branching off and doing their own things like 
I think it goes back to the whole, we are the star of our own shows. So a lot of the time it's hard to like step out and be like, oh, I should ask how this person is doing or oh, I should ask how that person's doing. And I think that a lot of times my family does see me as like a loner and like I can like, you know, preserve myself and stay on my own, which is true. But at the same time, when people like give me too much space to do that, then all of a sudden it's like hard to like get that back, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I I don't like how people always say, well, okay, like let's say for example, like you have someone in your life that is toxic to your life and it's like your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, whatever, some, t- some sort of family member and it's causing you distress and it's causing you, like taking a toll on your sanity and then people think that you should go above and beyond and always like look out for them and reach out for them because like they're your family but it's like at what point is that too much to where it's like you're sacrificing so much of your own sanity in your own life like worrying about someone else when like they don't give a fuck yeah i guess for me it's not even like that that would be like a drastic measure for me it's not even that drastic it's one of those things where you like see something like fading away and there's nothing that happened to make it make it fade away mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that like like you it's grew slowly, apart? It's just one of those things that just slowly happen. Like something that happens over time. Nothing, nobody did anything. Nobody caused it. And it's one of, like, I think that that happens in friendships too. And it's, it's shitty. It's one of those things that like, it does. you can see it happening, but it's like, what do I do to... Well, because like, any type of relationship takes effort. You know mm. what I mean? Any type of relationship that you have, whether it's with your parents or your siblings or your cousins or your friends, it takes energy. You know, it takes effort. Like you have to set aside time and make an effort to check up on them or just to see, you know, I don't know, like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Like, let's hang out. We haven't seen each other in, in like forever. Like that takes effort. So if you're not putting in that effort, of course that relationship is going to dwindle. You know, mm. you're like, okay, yes, we're related and stuff like but there's nothing like physically tying me to you do you know what i mean like we're not tethered together so it's like if you don't make an effort to talk to me like of course we're not gonna have a relationship of course we're not gonna be close just like we can't just be close because you're my brother or my sister you know Mm -hmm. like you have to put an effort yeah i guess that's one of those things that i'm like learning because it's one of those uh, it's like i get that people like start having their own lives but at the same time you have to like just like you said nurture your relationships. Those, those relationships, mm-hmm. yeah. But obviously you start having relationships that are more important. Like oh, so somebody so- might be engaged or somebody might be getting... Like, you know, you start having other people that become that focus in your life. Yeah, which is true. But if you, if you want someone in your life, you have to make time for them. I've seen people get into situations or relationships where they start putting that partner above their family and their family gets mad about that. And then I've seen situations where people are putting their family over their partner and so it's just like you have to figure out like that nice balance of both because both are equally important but it's like i don't know if one should ever trump the other mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying i think in my family I've seen both situations in my family we're just all guilty of like not reaching out reaching out enough yeah yeah for sure i mean like it's the same thing for my family but at this point it's like it's on a greater scale to where it's like you weren't there for me like growing up mm-hmm. you know what i mean and now i'm like an adult and you're still not here why would i take time out of my life to reach out to you when you obviously don't give a fuck and you were you are the adult and you were the adult in the situation and you didn't act like it mm-hmm. so am i supposed to like be the bigger person and like 
suck my pride up. I'm like, hell no. I'm like, <laughs> nothing inside of me is like, go reach out, go have a relationship, like connect. I'm yeah. like, nah. I have I have family and it's very small and I have my friends who are also are my family and yeah, that's all that I fucking need. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that every, everybody probably goes down their own path and hopefully we're able to all like, you know, reunite and like cross paths. I mean, it's not one of those things. It's one of those things when you guys are in front of each other, it still feels like old days. It still feels like mm-hmm. nothing's changed. feel like everything's the same. But yeah. when you guys aren't, then you guys just aren't. Yeah, and I think that every relationship has like the, the ebbs and flows. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you're close to people and sometimes you're not. And that's okay. Like people have different things going on. But I think it's important to still like maintain maintain some some semblance of a relationship with them you know whether that's just like a little hello text Mm. or saying happy birthday or meeting up once in a while but you know just to let them know that like you actually still care about them and you're thinking about them you Mm. know it's important for people to feel wanted and to like let them know that hey like you matter to me you know like say i love you type shit Mm. say i love you to the people that you love Mm. (laughs) i'm just kidding all right guys well that wraps up this week's episode of r&b podcast robert and i are currently sitting in the pitch (laughs) (laughs) and i feel this (laughs) so we started recording uh i don't know like 6 30 and now it's 7 40 and it's fucking dark and we have no lights on so it's actually kind of weird but i'm like into it you know spooky season <laughs> but if you guys want to check out our website it's rmbpodcast.com make sure you guys go into apple podcast give us a five-star review check us out on instagram our instagram account is the official underscore rmb my instagram account is brvtt and i'm rob bates r-o-b-b-a-t-e-s-s Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week.